and thank you for joining us today for SACPAW, the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. I'm Christina Cuthbertson, and it's my pleasure to be the moderator for today's uh, discussion on workplace and boardroom harassment. Um, in just a moment, I'll introduce our speaker, but before I do, just a few items of housekeeping. I would like to remind you to please turn off your cell phones and also to note that today's session is being recorded. Uh, lunch today is $11. Please deposit your payment into the basket in the center of the table and nominate the best looking person at your table to uh, count it before SACPA comes and collects it. Um, today's <laughs> format will follow the usual. Um, 30 minutes each for our presenter, our lunch, and our Q&A discussion at the end, um, bringing us to uh, around 1.30. And now it's my pleasure to introduce our speaker, Raj Harry. Um, Raj uh, worked as an officer for Citizenship and, and Immigration Canada for 17 years, and for the past 10 years has worked as a regional representative for Public Service Alliance of Canada, the union that represents um, many federal service employees, uh, um, among others. So please join me in welcoming uh, Raj Hari. Thank you. Well, it looks like a pretty friendly crowd, so that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, so I've heard. <laughs> so um, I want to thank uh, the Southern Alberta Council of Public Affairs for asking me to come and speak on this very important topic of workplace violence, bullying, and harassment. Why, why is this an important topic? Well, we spend about half of our waking time at work every day of our working lives, right? In order to have a healthy, positive, and productive working life, we must all strive to spend as little time as possible in unproductive thinking, such as how to avoid certain people, how to avoid certain situations or circumstances. Dwelling on what has happened or what we think may happen creates apprehensive and uncertain feelings. Employees are much more productive, take less sick time, and are more positive when they are looking, when they're able to look forward to going to work every day and enjoy as much as possible the time that they spend at work. So we must all be able to recognize and feel comfortable in challenging behaviors that make us feel bullied, harassed, whether from a superior coworker, client, or the general public. So what is workplace violence? Workplace, workplace violence is, is defined as any action, conduct, threat, or gesture of a person towards an employee in or outside of their workplace that can reasonably, reasonably be expected to cause the employee harm, injury, or illness. What are some of the work-related factors that increase the risk of violence? There's a number of them. For example, working with the public, handling money, valuables or prescription drugs. Carrying out inspections or enforcement duties, such as uh, a lot of our government employees do. Police services, etc. Providing services, care, advice or education, healthcare workers, um, teachers, counselors. Working with unstable or volatile people, uh, as many of our uh, people that work in, in social services 
work, uh, work with and criminal justice system employees. Uh, and also working alone in small numbers. And we've, we've uh, seen and heard that um, in incidents with store clerks working alone, uh, people working in isolated, uh, isolated areas such as storage areas, utility rooms, and, uh, and that sort of thing. What is bullying? Bullying is characterized by an individual or a group of individuals behaving in a certain way to gain power over another person. Usually involves a pattern of behavior that is intended to intimidate, offend, degrade, humiliate, or exploit a known vulnerability. What are some examples of bullying? Well, there's the obvious examples, uh, such as physically abusing or threatening abuse, uh, making jokes verbally or through email that are offensive. Yelling or using profanity. Tampering with a person's belongings or work equipment. Those are some of the more obvious, obvious uh, uh, examples of bullying. Some of the perhaps less obvious examples are uh, uh, things like undermining or de deliberately impeding a person's work, uh, excluding somebody or isolating people socially, uh, intimidating people, spreading malicious rumors, gossip, or innu innuendo, um, removing areas of responsibility without cause, constantly changing the guidelines of somebody's work, Establishing a possible deadlines that sets the individual up to fail. Withholding necessary information or purposefully giving uh, an employee wrong information. Intruding on a person's privacy by pestering, spying, or stalking. Assigning unreasonable duties or workloads which are unfavorable to one person in a way that creates unnecessary pressure. Uh, underwork, creating a feeling of uselessness. Criticizing a person, person persistently or constantly. <clears throat> Belittling somebody's opinions. Blocking applications for training, leave or promotion. And uh, yeah, those are some of the less obvious examples of bullying that, that perhaps we don't always think about. What is the impact? What is the impact of, of bullying in the workplace? There's absenteeism, turnover, turnover and recruitment problems, risk for errors and accidents increase. It increases stress and anxiety and it creates de decreased morale, productivity and motivation. So what can you do? What can you do about it if you feel that you're being bullied or harassed? Well, first of all, try as much as possible to stay calm. Okay? If possible, firmly tell the person his or her behavior is unacceptable and ask them to stop. Ask to have a superior, or if you're in a unionized workplace, a union member or union steward present when communicating with that person. Document, document, document the incidents, dates, witnesses. Um, anybody else that, that uh, had any comments and, and do that right at the time that after it occurs so that it's fresh in your memory and you're, you're able to, 
to uh, document what happened as accurately as possible. And if you're in a unionized environment, you can ask your union, union um, leaders for help. What are the responsibilities of the employer here? The employer has a legal obligation to make sure the workplace is free from harassment, discrimination, violence, and bullying. Bullies need to know that their actions will not be tolerated, and if they continue, there, there will be some disciplinary action. Interactions with staff and clients should be closely monitored. And bullies should be referred to anger management and respectful workplace seminars or, or courses. Perhaps a referral to uh, an EAP counselor, employee assistance program counselor, is appropriate since bullies have often been bullied themselves. If the bully is threatening bodily harm or attacks, report it to the police. An incident report should be completed and sent to your, uh, um, uh, your supervisor immediately after that happens. So what are some of the criteria for this obligation by the employer to have an effective workplace violence prevention policy? Well, what is it? A violence prevention policy is a written statement by an employer with the input of the union or health and safety committee or 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 Uh, 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 uh,
to protect the health and safety of employees in that workplace. Employees under federal jurisdiction must develop and post a workplace violence prevention policy under Section 20.3 of the Canadian Occupational Health and Safety Regulations, Part 20. So it's in legislation. What are some of the things um, in this legislation? The employer shall develop and post and place uh, at a place accessible to all employees a workplace violence prevention policy setting out, among other things, the following obligations of the employer. First of all, to provide a safe, healthy, and violence-free workplace. Secondly, to dedicate sufficient attention, resources, and time to address factors that contribute to workplace violence, including, but not limited to, bullying, teasing, and abusive and other aggressive behavior, and to prevent and protect against it. To communicate to its employees information in its possession about factors contributing to workplace violence and to assist employees who have been exposed to workplace violence. Okay. What are some of the criteria for an effective, effective workplace violent, uh, violence prevention policy? Well, first of all, it needs to have a purpose, right? So you need to say why this policy is important uh, and, and what, what is the objective? Pretty easy, you know. To to have a uh, health and healthy and safe workplace. It can include a statement to the effect that all forms of violence, including bullying and harassment, will not be tolerated in the workplace. It should be dated and clearly indicate to whom it applies. Can either show the date it was approved or the date it will take effect and should be reviewed on a regular basis, making sure that it, it, you know, it, it's applicable at all times and if changes are needed, to change it. <coughs> it should identify all persons that are covered by the policy, including the general public, that have access to the workplace. Okay. Uh, it, should be, uh, it should provide definitions. It can use the definition of violence in the legislation on the Canada Labor Code, which I, which I read earlier. 
any action, conduct, threat, or gesture of a person towards an employee in the workplace that can reasonably be expected to cause harm, injury, or illness to that employee. Can also include other definitions of violent behavior such as bullying, harassment, uh, mobbing, uh, the impact, and, and also the impact of domestic violence on workers should also be considered in the definitions. And I'll explain why and how um, that affects things uh, in a minute. The policy should define roles and responsibilities. As I said, under Part 20 of the Canada Occupational Health and Safety Regulations, employers are responsible for ensuring the participation of health and safety committee members or representatives, uh, develop, excuse me, developing the policy, identifying contributing factors, assessing those factors, choosing controls and prevention me uh, measures, responding to occurrences, and ensuring employee education and training. What is the role of the Health and Safety Committee and what is, is, is expected of uh, employees should all be defined in, this, uh, in, in the uh, statement by the employer. <coughs> Compliance procedures, reporting, and training need to be in, in, the, uh, in the policy. What controls are in place to ensure preventative measures are being followed by managers and workers? Have procedures been implemented for summoning immediate assistance in the case of violent incidents? How will management investigate and deal with incidents or complaints in a fair and timely manner? What measures exist to report and monitor incidents of workplace violence? What is the employer's training plan for workers to deal with the violence in the workplace? How will it be provided? What is the time frame? Frequency? What resources are, the, are they putting towards, towards this? And, and who is the target group? And ensure that the health and safety committee members uh, at the workplace or representatives uh, have been involved in the program. So um, I said it is the employer's responsibility, and it, it's a legal responsibility, and it's defined under, under several pieces of legislation, depending on where you work. Um, federally, as I said, it's under the Canada Labor Code Regulation 20, Part 2, and um, again, that, that definition that I read earlier would apply. That's the definition under 20.2. Uh, the Canada Labor Code in Part 3, Section 247.1 talks about sexual harassment, any conduct, and that is any conduct, comment, gesture, or contact of a sexual nature that is likely to cause offense or humiliation to any employee or that might on reasonable grounds be perceived by that employee as placing a condition of a sexual nature on employment or on any opportunities for training or, or promotion. Another piece of legislation everybody's familiar with, I'm sure, is the Canadian Human Rights Act. In uh, Part 1, Section 3, 1 and 2, Section 7, and Section 14, 1C and 2, uh, it talks about the prohibited grounds of discrimination. Probably most people know them, but, but I'll, I'll read them out. Uh, for the, all purposes of this act, the prohibited grounds of discrimination are race, 
national or ethnic origin, color, religion, age, sex, sexual orientation, marital status, family status, disability, and conviction for an offense for which a pardon has been granted or in respect of which a record uh, a suspension has been ordered. Those are the grounds under the Human Rights Act for, uh, for filing a complaint. Where the ground of discrimination is pregnancy or childbirth, the discrimination shall be deemed to be on the ground of sex. Just kind of defines that. And in employment, it is a discriminatory practice directly or indirectly to refuse to employ or continue to employ any individual or in the course of employment to differentiate adversely in relation uh, to an employee on any of those prohibited grounds. And again, with harassment, it's a discriminatory practice under the Human Rights Act under those, uh, under those um, discriminatory grounds. Um, and then uh, section two says without li is on sexual harassment. Without limiting the generality of sub subsection one, sexual harassment shall, for the purposes that's, uh, of that subsection, be deemed to be harassment on a prohibited ground of discrimination. Okay, if, you're, if, if your complaint uh, is using the Canadian Human Rights Act legislation to support it. And then uh, there's the Occupational uh, Health and Safety Act. Uh, every province have, has their own for provincial employees. And uh, it's very similar to, to what the Canadian Human Rights uh, Act states. So I, I, I don't think it's necessary to repeat um, what it contains, but it would apply to those that are in, uh, in provincially regulated workplaces. When I was uh, practicing this presentation with my, with my wife and, and kids, they said that was the boring part, Dad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so some of the stats. What are some of the stats with workplace bullying? And, and I think this could surprise many of you. <clears throat> the Workplace Bullying Institute conducted a survey in 2012 of 552 full-time employed Canadians and found the following. 45% of respondents said they were bullied. Sources of bullying were 24% from a coworker, 23% immediate boss, 17% a higher manager, and 17% uh, external to, uh, uh, to the company, clients, customers, that sort of thing. Only one third of workers reported the bullying to their department, 30%. One third of bullied workers said it caused them health problems. 26% of bullied workers stopped the bullying by quitting their jobs. So it's, it's, it's a serious, it's a very serious, uh, very ser serious thing in the workplace, in people's careers. A 2014 Queen's University poll found that 23% of Canadians have experienced workplace harassment. 2014 Angus Reid survey reported that one quarter, 28% actually, 
of Canadians have experienced sexual harassment in their place of work or at a work-related function. And of these, 43% were women, 12% were men. In the federal public service, according to uh, uh, 2014 Public Service Employee Survey, 19% of federal government workers reported being the victim of harassment in the workplace, an effective um, uh, workplace prevention policy, and follow-up, deal with situations, perhaps. One quarter of those who experienced harassment took no action and only 7% filed a grievance or a formal complaint. Over them, 63%. Coworkers, 50%. Individuals from other departments or agencies, 5%. And individuals for whom they have custodial roommates was 4%. Physical violence in the workplace. In 2007, StatsCan released a report called Criminal Victimization in the Workplace. Highlights from this report include the following. Nearly one-fifth of all incidents of violent victimization, including physical assault, sexual assault, and robbery, occurred in the victim's workplace. One-fifth, 20%. 71% of the workplace violent incidents were classified as physical assaults. Men and women were equally likely to have reported experiencing workplace violence. 27% of incidents involving male victims resulted in injuries compared with 17% uh, involving female victims. I mentioned domestic violence a little earlier. <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting off a, off a cold I had last week. A 2013-2014 University of Western Ontario and, and Canadian Labour Congress survey reported that one-third of women, 33%, have experienced domestic violence. Of that number, 81% stated that this negatively affected their work performance. 53% stated that at least one type of abusive behaviour happened at or near the workplace. And 38% stated it impacted their ability to get to work. Begs the question, can, 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 can work be safe if, if, if home isn't? I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, domestic violence on, uh, at work. More than one out of three women, as I said, have experienced domestic violence in their lifetime. 37.6% uh, and 7% are currently victims of domestic violence, according to a survey by the Center uh, for Research and Education on Violence Against Women and Children. The 2013 survey was developed by uh, the, the Center for Research in collaboration with the Canadian Labour Congress. In total, 8,429 people completed the survey of over 60 questions. So it's a huge response rate. Uh, and the results are considered highly credible. According to this survey, men also experience this type of violence, but to a lesser degree. Aboriginal workers, persons with disabilities, and GLBT employees experience the highest rates of victimization. 
In over half of all domestic violence cases, 53.5% actually, the violence is not confined to the home but continues at work. Most often, it takes the form of abusive phone calls or text messages, 40.6%. In 20% of the cases, the victim was stalked or harassed near their workplace, and in 18.2 of the cases, the abuser physically came to the workplace. Not surprisingly, domestic violence negatively affects a person's work performance. Overall, 81.9% of domestic violence victims reported feeling distracted, tired, or unwell. Over a third of the victims said that domestic violence affects their ability to get to work. And sadly, 8.5% of victims of domestic violence lost their jobs as a result of the violence they experience at home. The negative impact of domestic violence is far-ranging and also affecting co-workers who can be stressed or concerned about the abusive situation. So it's not just the person being abused, but also co-workers, friends at the workplace. Some provinces have amended, uh, Ontario and Manitoba, have amended their uh, OH&S, Occupational Health and Safety Legislation, uh, and so that employers are now obliged to protect their workers from domestic violence in the workplace. Hopefully, um, more provinces will, will bring on that type of uh, legislation into their occupational health and safety legislation. So, uh, lo lots of statistics, quite a bit of information, some surprising, I hope, but uh, I think it's, in concluding, it's quite obvious that bullying and harassment in the workplace has far-reaching implications. The key is for workplaces to have a policy that is clear, written, posted, enforced, and incumbent upon everybody in the workplace to be aware of that stresses a zero tolerance for this type of behavior. Harassment and bullying are extremely damaging to a, a, a harmonious, productive, and enjoyable workplace. Most importantly, it's harmful to individuals and can cause devastating and rippling implications to an individu individual's health and well-being physically. Remember, it's the employer's responsibility, legally and morally, to provide a workplace that is healthy and safe for their employees. The best advice I would give is for everyone to gauge their behavior and the behavior of others by the golden rule. Everybody knows the golden rule. It's a predominant theme in most faiths. I told my kids when they were young, if you know, whatever religion you want to grow up with, as long as you live by the golden rule, you can't go too far from wrong. <clears throat> so you could use the golden rule to, uh, to reflect that you do unto others as you would have them do unto you and, uh, and, and share that. Uh, perhaps with, an, with somebody who you feel is on that borderline and perhaps um, demonstrating some abusive behaviors, uh, ask them to think how they would feel if, if, if they were faced with somebody that did that to them. It could be a good time for reflection. You don't have to follow up with that right away. You leave them to think about it for a day or two and then meet again. It's a good gauge. It's a good assessment. I've uh, left a few copies of 
this information that I get, spoke upon, and uh, it includes a workplace violence and bullying risk factor checklist that was developed for, uh, for the Public Service Alliance of Canada, and it's designed to assist employees to identify the risks of violence and bullying in their workplace. Uh, the handout also contains a glossary to aid some of the aid you with some of the terminology used. Okay, and I, I've only got a few, but I'll I'll leave them out front if people are uh, are interested. They could they can pick them up at the end uh, when they leave. So I think uh, that's pretty much all I have. And uh, I want to thank you first of all for inviting me to speak on this very important topic. And um, keeping in mind I'm not a subject matter expert, we can move on to any questions people may have.